So this evening, I'm going to be talking about giving thanks for everything. Just a slightly very, very big challenge. (coughs) But in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, Paul writes, In everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul said it very simply and very directly. In everything. That's no exceptions, no excuses. In everything, give thanks. No matter what the situation we find ourselves in, we are to find a reason to thank God. We must remember that thanksgiving is the essence of Christian living. No pressure then. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. So, when was the last time you thanked God for having a front door key? How many of you have front door keys? That's a relief you haven't left it at home. I, for some of you who don't know me very well, um, I work up at St Andrew's Community Church up on Fox Hill. And uh, we're connected with Holy Trinity. And we are also now connected with a church up in Bradford, which deals with a lot of refugees. And uh, some of the guys from Bradford came down to share some of their stories about the difficulties they're having and things. And one of the stories was a story of a refugee girl who'd been living in a tent for 20 years. Um, She came to England. They not only gave her a house with four solid walls and a roof, but for the first time in her life, she had a front door, a proper front door that shut. Not only did it shut, but it also had a lock. And the lock had a key. And the poor love had no idea how to use it. She actually had to be shown how to use a lock. After all those years in the refugee camp, she was so grateful that she had a front door key so that she could finally be safe. Praise the Lord. No more fear of abuse. No more fear of having her possessions taken. She was safe and secure in her little house in Bradford. (coughs) I think as a Christian, it's so easy to slip into that habit of being unthankful. Before this evening's service, David sent me a challenge to mention the toaster here. He wanted to know what the setting was for the toaster so he didn't burn his toast. So hopefully I gave him the right setting, which is about three and a half, four. So hopefully he didn't end up with uh, burnt toast. So I'd like to think he's thankful for that. But as I say, Christians are so easy in the habit of being unthankful. And that is why the New Testament repeatedly calls us to be thankful. In Romans 8:28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So no matter what happens, it will be for our good. It might not in itself be good, but God will take a bad thing and turn it to a good purpose for our good and our eternal glory. Um, some of you know, I was a single mum. I had Ellie. I had, I split up with her father when I was pregnant with her. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But God is a good God, and he has so blessed me. I not only have Ellie, who I think is one of the most beautiful young women on the planet, only slightly biased, very talented, very mature in some ways, very funny in others, but I also have Wayne, who I've met at church. Very good dating agency churches. 
for those of you who are single. Um, and not only do I have Wayne, but we have the two boys. We have Angus and Isaac. And if you told me when Ellie was like one that I was going to end up being married with kids, living in a house we owned, I would never, ever have believed it. But God is good. And at the time, we don't necessarily see it, but hang in there. As long as we can look at the end result, we can be thankful. We can see what it is that God is doing, how he's blending and mixing everything in our lives for the ultimate good and glory. And we can then, in everything, give thanks. When the early church met together, they gathered with the purpose of giving thanks. It was part and parcel of their worship, and it was one of their main characteristics, the need to be thankful as they met together. But the world in which we live in today is so much harder, it is so much harder to rise above the thankless culture that surrounds us. On one hand, you have people who have more than they ever had, but you also have people who know that there is more out there, much more, that they haven't got yet. So they end up never being content, never grateful, always wanting more. So the New Testament constantly reminds us, God's people, over and over again, that we mustn't fall into the patterns of those around us. Our call is to be in the world, not of the world. It should be the pattern of every Christian's life that we are endlessly giving God's thanks. Not only do we have salvation, but we have everything. God has poured out everything for us, even though we don't deserve it. <coughs> In Ephesians 5, Paul says, Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. This is where he's saying it's just so easy to be amongst like a group of friends who maybe aren't using good language or maybe are starting to gossip or put people down or whatever. It's so easy just to go along with it. And actually, we need to try and stand out. We need to be different. We need to be able to keep our language clean and speak the truth. We should also always be giving thanks because of our salvation. We should be giving thanks because God has given us all the necessities we need for our spiritual life. And you will be giving thanks if you are filled by the Holy Spirit. It's one of the greatest God's gifts sorry, that God has given us. Even in times of trouble, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. In Colossians 2, verse 6, it says, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Again and again, this word thankfulness appears. And it ought to be said of every Christian that um, that person is a thankful person. You ought to be characterized by overflowing gratitude. And as Debbie read earlier in Colossians 3, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks for everything. Devote your life to it. Devote your life to praying with an attitude of thanksgiving. Devote your life to it. How many of us can say that we do that? This is where I really have to practice what I preach. I wish that it was true that I just went around the whole time singing songs of praise, offering prayers to the Lord and thanking him for everything, no matter what. But we live in this world, and it's a fallen world, and we are surrounded by bad things 
And the devil just loves to undermine us and corrupt our thoughts and actions and anything, he'll do anything to stop us obeying the will of God. So I'd just like to share quickly seven ways in which the devil delights in deceiving us. The first one is doubt. Oops, Even the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, I watched an interview with him the other day, and he said that he doubted the very existence of God at times. Doubt about God, doubt about his character. We all go through those phases where we sort of doubt whether we can actually trust him. Is he telling us the truth? If we doubt all these things, we will find it hard to be thankful because we're not sure he's going to keep his promise to make everything work together for the good. If we doubt his sovereign power, we may think he means well, but doesn't have the ability to pull it off. Of course, this is the God who created the heavens and the earth, but hey. But sometimes we just doubt that his plan for us is up to his standard. We doubt his wisdom. Some even question his love. Well, God would never let this happen if he really loved me. Any of these doubts are going to take away our thankfulness. The next thing is selfishness. I don't want it the way it is. I want my life the way I want it. I'm not happy with the way things are going on in my little world. I don't want it to go on like this. So this is selfishness, basically saying to God, get off the throne, put me on it. I want to run my life my way and I want to call all the tunes. I want, I want, I want. When I was little, my mother was used to say, I want, never get. But, hey. Thirdly, it's worldliness. When our vision of what our life should be like is full of worldly achievements, popularity, prestige, possessions, pleasure, we never see God's blessing as we're not looking for them. In that wonderful hymn, it says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. It's you I look to. It's you I want. It's you I I long for. Our time on earth is but a blink of an eye. We really need to start investing in our eternal future. The fourth way the devil will try to undermine us with critical spirit. A bitter person, a person who is negative, has a very sour outlook on life, which can be produced from a number of things. If you've been hurt by someone, let down. If you want people to hold you in higher esteem. If you think you deserve better than this. If all these things are left unchecked, they will destroy a thankful heart. This need to be sorry, to overanalyze everything, criticize everything, isn't the way it's meant to be. The fifth thing is impatience. God's not operating to our schedule. Wanting instant gratification. I want it. I want it now. Everything, I want everything fixed. All our goals achieved in our own time frame. We need to learn to thank God for the process. Learn not to rush things. Allow things to happen in his perfect timing. The sixth way the devil will get to us is through apathy or lethargy. Think of the lukewarm people of Laodicea. I said it right. People come to church out of habit. They lack the enthusiasm of Christian service. Lack the love of Christ, love for Christ. The lack of reading the Bible. I can hold my hand up to that one. Lack of passion in worship. Lack of prayer time. 
what happens is you just end up spiritually indifferent. You lose that intimacy with God. And consequently, your hearts have no gratitude. And lastly, my favourite, rebellion. Just downright, outright, flat rebellion. I'm not thankful because I'm angry. I don't like what he's doing in my life. I know I'm unthankful and I'm going to stay unthankful. Sucks boo to you because I'm going to do it my way. In any form, these seven things are sin. You are defying the command of God in everything to give thanks. You're defying the instruction of the New Testament that you ought to always be thankful for your salvation, for the unending blessings of God. You ought to be thankful for the amazing gift of Christ. You ought to be thankful for salvation, thankful for victory over sin and death. You ought to be thankful for divine guidance, for complete provision of all your needs. You ought to be thankful for the hope of glory. You ought to be thankful for the power of the word, the power of prayer, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the holiness of God that never errs. You ought to be thankful for life and breath, thankful for heaven, thankful for everything. And if you're not thankful, that's sin. If you're not thankful because you're rebellious, because you're cold and indifferent, because you're impatient, because you're critical, because you're worldly, because you're selfish, or because you're doubting God, that's sin. In everything, give thanks. So what does God ask of his people? He asks that we rejoice all the time. We pray all the time and give thanks all the time. That is our spiritual duty, and a duty that is able to happen because the Holy Spirit lives within us. How amazing is that? God's Spirit lives within us. We just don't deserve that, do we? So what happens when you're thankful? God is glorified. You are blessed. The church is built up, and the lost are reached. What a tremendous impact being thankful can have. I just want to finish, because it's very short and sweet, with a reading from Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So go do it. Go and be thankful. Amen. Thank you, Townsend. It's a challenge for us, isn't it? Uh, we are thankful people, but at times uh, our thankfulness can run thin. And I just uh, was reflecting as Townsend was speaking. A pastor, one of the things we often do is we share what we call Holy Ghost stories. We share those moments where we've seen God move in our lives or uh, something we've seen God do that week in the workplace, sometimes in difficult circumstances, but we see God breaking through, and we kind of encourage one another with those things. And everyone sits there, usually looks at the floor, looks at their shoes, thinking, oh, I can't think of anything, I can't think of it, I don't want to be first. And then someone says, oh, yeah, no, actually, this happened. I'm really thankful to God for this. And then someone goes, oh, no, actually, yeah, this happened. And there's something about thankfulness that kind of unlocks our own hearts and one another as well. 
And something about taking our eyes and lifting them from the circumstances back to God. There's that psalm, isn't it? I lift my eyes to the mountain, to where my help come from. And so thankfulness is something about that. It's kind of taking our eyes off our circumstances, which often are quite difficult, and putting them back on the God who is able to do more than we can imagine, we ask or imagine. And so we're going to go back into some worship and, and kind of just worship for a bit. And I was reflecting on that passage in Scripture where it says, we'll enter his courts with thanksgiving, uh, we'll enter his gates with thanksgiving, we'll enter his courts with praise. Because there's something about thanksgiving which kind of pulls us into the presence of God. It pulls us close to it, enables us to go close. And so what I want to invite us to do is to just be still for a moment and um, maybe close our eyes. It's much better than looking at me. And just for a moment think, okay, what do I really want to give thanks for? What, what, what can I give thanks for in my life at the moment for? Maybe really, really big things. Actually, sometimes it's the really, really small things. It's for the beauty of something you might have seen or something that's a really small answer to prayer you may have had or just the fact that we can meet in this room in safety is something to really be thankful for. The fact that we have friends, people who love us, care for us. The fact that we have shelter, the fact that we have food on the table, the fact that we can build friendships, the fact that there's hope. So I'm going to invite us just to be still and begin to thank God in our hearts and we're going to begin to worship. And if you want to pray or you want to share out loud and thank God, then we want to create space for you to do that. If you want to pray out loud, we can do that. But let's just be still. Let God's Spirit begin to brood and bubble up in us so that our worship bubbles out from a sense of thankfulness. Let's be still.